Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, my name is Will Anderson. Hello. Hello. It's a bit weird and lonely without the third person. I know. We had our first guest last week. It was good. It was good. The response was pretty pretty good. Justin Hamilton bumped our ratings. We spiked. Yeah, totally. We, we should add him to the team. If we were an FM radio uh, breakfast team, uh, he could just be like the new person they put on the massive billboard. Yeah, that's right. Who was like in the back that they've clearly photoshopped in. <laughs> it wasn't there for the, when the photos were actually getting done. Yeah, like, you know, and they've just like had to completely get rid of him. Yeah. And Because uh, like, that's always what happens. They always put the people who are most likely to get sacked from breakfast radio teams on the ends of the big posters. Oh, really? Is that the formula? Yeah, so when they can just photoshop them out. So how close to the middle of the photo you are is how important you are <laughs> to that radio show. And then, and then they put the ones on the outside so that, like, you know, like the 7pm project. Yeah, yeah. Like how... Um, oh, the guest comes sits on the end of the panel. Yeah, but you know, at the start, the 7pm project, because everyone's like, oh, isn't it great that, you know, Husey, uh, Charlie and Carrie have made it a year doing the 7pm project. Do anyone remember James Matheson and Ruby Rose? Oh, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like a magic trick you just did then. Look. <laughs> I will make two of the cast disappear. Wow. I didn't, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they did it so subtly. They hypnotized the audience into forgetting there was actually two more hosts. Hang on, wasn't there five of you guys at the start? <laughs> like, if it was the Beatles, yeah. you'd suddenly notice after a couple of albums if Ringo suddenly wasn't there. Well, like, if the Beatles tried to tour now. Yeah. Like, you know, so Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr <laughs> just went out on the road and, no and one pretended different. yeah, yeah <laughs> pretended that, that, that George and Paul were just there uh, that George and John were just there just there we'll just pretend would you have gone to see I mean obviously uh, since John died but when it was George is still alive would you have gone to see like a Beatles reunion if they'd toured would they have put someone in yeah, they would have had to. They would have got, like, Julian or someone. Yeah. I think there was actually talk about that. I, I yeah. remember reading a newspaper poll, and it was like Eric Clapton, Julian Lennon. And about the thing that sort of surprised me about that is if you read any interview with Julian Lennon, he didn't like his father at all no. and, suffer, and constantly suffered with comparisons to his father. So wouldn't that be the ultimate indignity to then play him in like a, 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 when, you're, he, when his band reforms? I guess that he would like the cash. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know... Wouldn't he like you know like some some income of his own? I suppose. I suppose when they they, they he um, spent his whole career saying I'm not my father, yeah. and then his greatest paycheck was going to be being his father. Yeah, it's like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you become what you hate. Yeah. No. Why? How's that Star Wars? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like Star Wars. I don't think so. <laughs> like the way that John Lennon, after he died, started dressing in black and appearing to Julian Lennon saying, I am your father. And I'm pretty sure Julian Lennon knew that who his father was. I think it was the reverse. He didn't know who his father was later on because he left. Like if Darth Vader had grown up like with Luke Skywalker as his son and then had gone off to start, you know, to join, to join the dark side, mm. then maybe it would be a good comparison. All right, you're a good point. It's nothing like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the Julian Lennon, John Lennon, <laughs> and that would, that would make uh, who's the other Lennon kid? Sean, Sean Lennon, Princess Leia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the weird thing was that once Julian Lennon and Sean Lennon nearly made out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was really awkward. <laughs> but the, yeah, but I, I think I think Sean he would Sh Julian would have been in the band, but he's really committed to going Han Solo. Yeah, I. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. That, that is terrible. I'll cut that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. Because I've said that, I can't. That's a new rule. If one of us begs to have something cut out, we leave it in. Uh, what were we talking about? Um, I don't know. What were we talking about? The Beatles. Oh, oh we're talking about the 7pm project. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, anyway, uh, we had a third person. Oh, yeah. You know what about the having Justin on was mm. when I was, because uh, I, when I uploaded, I wrote a little description about the show. So, for those for those of you who've enjoyed my witticisms, uh, <laughs> I put a lot of work into that. Uh, no, when I came to credit Justin, mm. I didn't know, like the words very special guest just flowed out of my fingertips. It's like, hang on. Is that like who he is? A very special guest or is he just a guest? Like, what, what would you... What what what's the kind of um, decorum for that? Very special guest. Yeah, very special guest. Doesn't cost you anything. Oh, it doesn't oversell it. Like when I think very special guest, I'm thinking Heather Locklear. You know, right? Eight seasons. Special of guest star. Very special guest. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what would you say. I should have just called him guest. Yeah. No, go for it. Like hyperbole. Like it costs you nothing to say something nice to someone in an intro for a podcast. Yeah, you're right. What am I getting so excited about? <laughs> Who are you, Scrooge? No, I... are you thinking? Oh, is that too much? <laughs> 
for this guy who oh, came no. to my house and did us a favour by entertaining people on our podcast? I wasn't, no. I wasn't like I was going to say, <laughs> and, and this motherfucker, Justin Hamilton. I wasn't trying to kind of undermine him. Yeah, Jason, I, Jason, ha- Jason Hamilton. I was, I was more concerned. I was more making note of the fact that very special guest is like, it's part of the lexicon now, right. you know, it denotes uh, a guest when it's like, it's not like we're the very special hosts, right. but this guy does one podcast and he's a very special guest. Again, not talking about Justin specifically, yeah. more the terminology. Right, but you know, it's just like it's a showbiz thing. It's like when someone gets introduced on stage and it's like, he's a very good friend of mine. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. You know, know. Uh, yeah, like, although sometimes when people start out in comedy, I don't know if this happens in other industries, but sometimes they use those quotes on their uh, posters. Yeah. What were you telling me about uh, the quotes last week? You're saying that, People quote, it's like a paradox or something like that within the paper. Ah, some people, this is what they do. This is really tricky. This is a good bit of advice for anyone who uh, needs a quote. They'll put an ad, like say in the Sydney Morning Herald, right? Yeah. And in the ad, they'll just put in the ad, it'll say like, uh, Charlie Clawson is one of Australia's finest actors. Then on their poster, they would put, Charlie Clawson is one of Australia's (laughs) finest actors, quote, the Sydney Morning Herald. That's brilliant. Which is technically true. It's it's kind of like holding up a mirror to a mirror. Yeah. If too many comedians do it, there's going to be a rip in the space-time continuum. Like, next year's Melbourne Comedy Festival will be like the Hellmouth. <laughs> Just rip a hole through time. <laughs> what are you staring at me? <laughs> I don't know. You just stared at me really weird. I didn't know if you were about to tell me something really important. Why are you staring at me? I don't know. Because we're, and... we're sitting in your front room. Across from each other on a card table. <laughs> that's, that's good like, point. it'd be rude if I looked anywhere else. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Like, if I was just sitting here, like, I'm enjoying the, uh, doing the podcast, Charlie, and I'm glad we've made it to episode 10, but please do not look at me directly in the eye. It was just more that you, you, you stopped talking and just stared at me. It was kind of like, it's like you're going to tell me something. Like, no, I was just waiting for you to... I thought, I, I thought we were going to break up or something. I had a weird question to ask you. I don't think I need to ask you this anymore. Yeah. Like, I think the dilemma that I had has been solved. However. Right. This is your mysterious text message the other day. Yes. Yeah. But this is what I was going to ask you. And let's just play it through anyway and yeah. see how it would have gone. Okay. Because it will be interesting to me. Okay. Um, I was... Uh, I've been um, invited to uh, the Helpman Awards. Do you know what the Helpman Awards are? Is it like advertising or something? No, it's no, uh, no but obviously I need a bit of advertising because nobody <laughs> knows what it is. Uh, the Helpman Awards are like Australia's Tonys. Ah. Yeah, it's your lavish uh, Broadway musical awards. Not. Okay. Right. Is it just musicals or is it all theatre? It's all live theatre. So okay. it's um, uh, it's musicals, it's like, you know, like proper actoring. But it can't be just like every fringe show that was up like has to be kind of a certain level doesn't it yeah no like it's all Cape Blanchett and shit yeah right yeah. but is that because there's rules or can like if I did a one man show this year like a 50 seat venue and it was like me just as a clown doing a monologue about like you know my father hating me could the could I be nominated for a Helpman Award if year? it was good so even if it was like a, a small venue you know like fringe show I don't know how far and why they go looking for stuff Charlie I'm not on I'm the board but yeah I, I assume so Okay. It's open slather. Okay. You know. I'm going to start writing that show. Yeah. <laughs> Go wear your clown outfit. <laughs> the story of a small-handed man who wanted to be a clown but couldn't juggle because of his tiny hands. Did you ever do... Clown syndrome. Did you ever the, do amateur theatre at uni or anything like that? You've done a bit of acting. Uh, I did um, school, high school. Yeah, right. High school plays. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a couple of high school plays. Did you? Yep. Uh, I wrote one. Uh, <laughs> it, when I say wrote, I mean like, you know, essentially ripped off all my favorite sketches that I'd seen on Monty Python and stuff like that and jammed them into a script. Uh, but it was a, a an environmental murder mystery. Not- mu- Get fucked. <laughs> I wrote a play in year 10 for, my, for a house drama and it was an environmental like satire. Really? Yeah. Oh, was that oh, you tell me, tell, You tell me yours first. Okay. Well, I wrote a, uh, a show, Environmental... Sorry, that is probably the <laughs> gayest point of comparison of all time. You wrote a play about the environment. I wrote a play about the environment. Oh, my God. It's like we're sisters. <laughs> Let's be pen pals. We'll be best friends forever. Oh God. And write each other letters on recycled paper. I think all the bullies who went to my high school should beat me up retrospectively <laughs> for that. 
Well, mine was an, an environmental-themed uh, uh, murder mystery. Yeah. Set on a train. Okay. Called. Was it a pun? Yep. Oh, give me a hint. Uh, well, it's a murder mystery set on a train. That's a pretty big hint. So the Orient, something about the Orient Express. Correct. So is it like um, tree logging on the Orient Express? That's not really a pun. No. What is it? Uh, murder on the Ozone Express. Oh, <laughs> so if I if I'd got the environment, yeah. See if I just swapped the words around. Yeah. Okay. Really, yeah. really annoying and pretentious. Yeah. But even worse than than uh, murder on the Ozone Express was the sequel to the play. Uh, it wasn't really a sequel. Uh, it was more a companion piece. Right, sure. Uh, in which, the same universe. It was in the same universe. The, the Williaverse. <laughs> That's right. Okay, because you've got the Whedonverse. Yeah. And the Skewniverse, you've got the Wildenverse. Yeah, so, in, yeah. Uh, in my universe, this I then wrote a, an environmentally themed <laughs> Western. Oh, is it another punch? Yeah. Like, okay, is it like a, a fistful of tofu? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no? Um... Uh, Oh, Winston. Um, I don't know. Gunfight at the Ozone Corral. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. You just did exactly the same trick twice. <laughs> it was a companion piece. Oh, God. One was a, like a murder mystery, You're a right. satire of murder mysteries, and one was a satire of Western. You're right. I was applying too much intellect to my... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what happened at Shootout at the, at the Ozone Corral? Um, I, Gunfight I at the Ozone Corral. I can't remember the, the exact plots. Oh, really? Of the pieces, to be honest. I can tell you, I can rem- remember mine. Well, what was yours called? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember the plot. Right. Uh, it was about um, it was about a guy, like uh, your typical sort of um, Jack Lemon kind of character. You know, like the, the character on The Simpsons, the guy's like, he's always sweating and, you know, what's his name? Like, I'll sell you a car, come on, yeah. please. Whatever that guy Gil. is. Gil. Yeah, Gil. He's like the Jack Lemon sort of archetype. Yeah. So it's about a, a guy like that who doesn't trust the world anymore doesn't like where it's going and feels like you know that you know that the, the amazon is getting sold off and that the rivers are being polluted and that you know kids are watching more and more tv and that nothing f- feels real anymore and so a psychiatrist says what, what i love about this is also that like you know there's no one who loves watching tv more than you <laughs> i know hypocrite 16 <laughs> year old hypocrite and so the psychiatrist says to him, you know what you have to do is go out to the country, go camping with your kids and see that, you know, just reconnect with nature and know that it isn't all fake. Yeah. You see what's going to happen here? No. So he go- Oh, really? Okay. So he goes out to the country and, he's, and uh, he's with his kids and he starts to find out that actually the world is all fake, that everyone there, like, you know, there's actors in bear suits. It's like the Truman Show. Every, the, the, the environment was actually sort of destroyed years ago and, and the governments to cover it up have sort of been paying actors and special effects companies to sort of maintain the solution. Dude, it's quite, that's good. It's quite dark. It's like, <laughs> it's like Inception. Yeah, I thought it was really good. You I could actually, like sell that to Christopher Nolan. I actually thought it was really good and I was very confident yeah. of winning the competition because there's like, you know, four other plays that night and they had a, they had a very special guest judge. Yeah. Uh, Comedy Zone Siobhan Chuk. Siobhan Chuk? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so we would get up like after, at the end of the night, every, you know, the sort of the director and the writers had to get up and they would sort of critique. She tore it to pieces. And I remember really, really clearly her not getting it. Like she was saying, so the whole point at the start with the psychiatrist telling him he's got to go to the country and, you know, reconnect with nature, no psychiatrist would actually tell someone to do something. Like a psychiatrist is there to listen. And it's like, it's a play about like people walking around in bear suits and that like the environment has been replaced by special effects. I'm not I'm not basing it in reality. Pretty sure some of it's a metaphor. Yeah. At least some of it is a metaphor. Exactly. Siobhan Chuk. But that was yeah, so she she broke my heart. Well Siobhan Chuk uh, also has a connection to my childhood. Uh, Siobhan Chuk was the judge of a high school theatre sports. Oh really? Uh, is this, is, was that her side gig? She go around to judge like <laughs> Teenage drama. I don't, I don't think she was even invited. <laughs> I think she was just she, she was tapping on the glass outside the theatre. She'd linger outside the, the Athenaeum uh, Theatre in Melbourne, just like, what's on today? <laughs> Rocker Stedford? Oh, judge. People locked in the cupboard, like, you know, Frankie J. Holden's locked <laughs> in the cupboard because Siobhan Chuk's got there early and got in on his uh, judging gig. Well, Siobhan Chuk um, was the judge of this theatre sports thing, and we had won our local. Like district, so we come up to Melbourne for these like state theatre sports championships, 
Uh, and we Fair were sports. I know. Well, we were even wackier than that because we were young kids from the country, so we didn't know anything about being cool. And theater sports was about the coolest thing we'd ever uh, seen. So we, my mum, made us matching board shorts, like knee length, like brightly coloured cloud, like MC Hammer style wow. board shorts. That screams theater sports, to be honest. Totally. <laughs> Did you have two Converse on, one red, one blue? <laughs> Oh, or braces. You, you know braces. what? I think maybe we wore odd socks at one stage. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. totally. And um, our team was called Over the Top. Oh. oh. And we had a chant that we did at the start. Oh, my God. <laughs> which this was. is 20 years ago, so yeah, I don't know up, if I will remember. Back off the mark if you're going to If I can it. remember it. Yeah. Uh, so it was like one of those ones where it plays on a rude word sounding like uh, other yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. And you got to remember we were 15. And so we would chant it and each of us would take a turn. We're over the top. We're a team of class. All your others watch out because we're going to kick ass. Because any questions you want to know, we'll only tell you three words. We'll tell you where to go. <laughs> go over the top. We're a team of... Oh, my God. God. There was more, but I can't remember. Who was team captain? Is this you? Possibly. Wow. And whose idea was the chair? Did you have like a teacher or was this all self-devised? Um, you know what? Like most of it was self-devised. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. well, it was our method. Yeah. And it had been very successful. Yeah, it's like your hacker. Yeah, that's right. You know, so we just did it at the start to freak other theatre sports teams <laughs> people out. People are like, people just felt sorry for it. It's like, oh, I can't believe they've put us in the same category as that school of retards. <laughs> Shit, we can't beat them. We can't beat them bad. <laughs> you won every competition by default because people thought you were from a special school. You're wearing brightly coloured clothes, odd socks, and you do this inane chant at the start. What else were they to think? Well, you were big on chants. Like in my house, uh, Tisdall Hotham. Uh, which was our our house at school, yellow, uh, not yellow, gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so we had a house chant. What was that? Which was, we are the kids of the gold quadrangle. Every <laughs> team we meet, we mangle. Ra ra, stick them in the tar. <laughs> I love that you had a chant where you were kitchen the golden triangle. It's like your <laughs> heroin addicts. <laughs> Do you want to hear the most, like, horribly private school one? That yeah. was the one that uh, Xavier where I went. They had one that went, Hurrick, hurrah, hurricka, ricka, ra, Xavier, Xavier, ra, ra, ra. <laughs> when the battle's hot, it matters not a jot, uh, something like something like that, oh, sons of Xavier. And it's like, it matters not a jot? What As a unit of measurement, what is a jot? Oh, I, it's not a lot. <laughs> a jot's not a lot? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know what a jot is, though. No. I, but uh, rah, rah, rah. Hurrah, there is rah, nothing... Rah. There is nothing. This, uh, this was written in the 1920s. So, yeah, but yeah. there's nothing that makes you sound so up yourself. Toffee. If someone says rah, 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 I immediately imagine them on a pony. <laughs> like, uh, what was... Did your school have a, a, a like a motto, a, like a Latin motto? Yeah, Sersum Corda. What did that mean? Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts? Yeah. And the juniors... How many hearts do you have? As in everyone at the school, lift up your hearts. Oh, everyone, lift up your hearts. Yeah, lift up your hearts. That's how we started assembly. <laughs> yeah, sounds pull, like, pull your socks up. Sounds like a dirty way. Lift like up a, your hearts. A dirty old man might molest a girl. It's like show us your heart. Oh, no. Yeah, lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts. Both. <laughs> we'll cut that. <laughs> uh, and then the junior school had ambulate in fortitude, or ambulate, which is meant to walk in. We need an ambulance in fortitude valley. <laughs> I believe that's what that means. Ours was uh, Veritas Liberabit Vos. Which means really good at shit. <laughs> uh, the truth will set you free, or truth, freedom, you. Is or what it is. does anyone know Michael Vos? Yeah. Ver- no, uh, Veritas Liberabit Vos, uh, which uh, in our school song, which was Veritas Liberabit Vos. Truth, freedom, you. Oh my right. God. Uh, we used to sing ferrets ass, lick a rabbit's balls. <laughs> there we go. Genius. Early, genius. genius. Early song parodies. Um, Adam Spencer, uh, who I used to do the radio with, it, uh, you know, math nerd Adam Spencer. Yeah. Uh, his house at school was named, because they were also named after um, uh, f- former students, you know, who'd excelled. And one of them, uh, whose last name was Gay. Oh, yeah. And their school chant was, 
gay, gay, glorious gay, <laughs> we are here to win today. <laughs> Who are we? It's us. We're gay. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> Have they changed it? I don't know. They probably they must have would have changed it by now. Can what? you imagine like now a kid finding out he's in gay house? <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, you know that um, uh, they've just changed the kookaburra yeah, sits in the old gum tree. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they say they've changed, like how can you change a song that's like out in the, has been out in the public for years? I well, mean, it's, like the, it's the radio-friendly version. If people don't know this story, the kookaburra sits in the old gum tree, Mary, Mary, king of the bushes, he. Laugh, kookaburra, laugh, kookaburra. Gay, your life must be. Um, they've changed. They've said that it shouldn't be gay. Yeah, because like, I don't know. It's like because there's too much sniggering going yeah. on in primary schools. Ah, uh, gay kookaburra. I remember a teacher when I was in year seven. Um, she was like, we we're reading something from an old book, and the word gay came up, and we all started laughing. And she did this like ten minute tirade about no. She's gone. This word was around before those people were around, and uh, you know they've taken it for them. But no, it is. I'm going to continue saying "gay," and we started laughing again. And she's gone. I like "gay," and we're like, uh, and she could. She, but she had this idea that somehow uh, the word had predated sexuality, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. On the first day, God said, "Gay." <laughs> Do you? Um believe that they should you know do things like that like you know what um, i i think yeah change it whatever i think in the long run i don't don't think it's going to change anything like change it but i think that it doesn't change anything like what the point they're doing the reason they're doing it i don't think is actually going to have an effect how do you feel about coon cheese uh it doesn't bother me i don't know how i feel about it but i think it does bother me really yeah i've been thinking about this quite a lot recently and I just think it's weird that we have... I, I know that, like, obviously, it's not a racist cheese. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, <laughs> they're not sitting around at craft going, you know, uh, like... Even, they're new packaging, little yeah, white hoods. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Everyone in the factory has got the matching white hoods. Uh, yeah, the cheese is all melting because they've got burning crosses. I don't, I don't think any of that. Yeah. I understand that it's obviously a very harmless thing. But it. I do sometimes look at it and go, do you think that's, like... It's weird it, that we've named a product after. I guess it depends, like on the you know. I think I think you can't just make a blanket rule. I no, think, I don't think either. But I don't know if we would have like chink milk. Well, what's the der- derivation of the word? Was there someone called John Coon? Oh well, I guess it's like I mean maybe it's the area I mean, like Bega or Edam or yeah. If your surname was Coon, yeah, and you started a cheese factory and then you know it became associated with uh, mm. racist like. It's not your fault. I don't know. You should have to change. Everyone's, everyone thinks you're because your last name's Coon. Everyone thinks you're really racist. So you're like, oh, no one wouldn't back cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I will make everyone some, loves cheese. Everyone loves cheese. Now the lactose intolerance <laughs> and the people who hate racism hate you. Uh, well, you know that's why I always think with the last name Raper. Like, you know, like there's a famous football a, star called Johnny Raper or yeah, something yeah. like that. And I just think if my last name was Raper. I don't care how like good a name that was. I would just change that name. Yeah, I went to school with a couple of whores. And well, they were H-O-A-R-E. And it was like, your surname's whore. You know, you can change it if you want. But no, they stayed whore. And like, I mean, the thing is, I guess you speak to people like that. It's like we're talking about Michael Chamberlain the other day. When you have a name that hasn't... Like, I think people sort of get so used to it. It's almost like living next to a train line. Yeah. Like, when you hear it all the time, maybe it doesn't bother you after a while. Yeah. There must be a point where you're just like, whore, yes. <laughs> well, what do you get when, when, I mean, with your name, like, and it doesn't really have any, Will's quite a common name. Do you get any, it doesn't inspire any kind, like I always get Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, uh, Charlie Brown, like whenever I say my name and it's like, that's, it's, I'm so used to it now. Like I kind of, or the third one is, and we've talked about this before, bang, take a drink. <laughs> I told people on Twitter, if we say that phrase, they have to take a drink. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I often meet people who tell me, oh, my dog's named Charlie. And it's just like, well, you know, I'm used to it now. Some people will get offended. You know, it's like people, if you're like Gemma, if someone calls her Emma, it's like, ugh, she gets really angry. But surely she's heard that so much by now. You're like, well, I'll give, I know. give people a pass. Like get a get a easier name. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be bitching and moaning about it. Well, you know what it's like. We, you- have, a, we have a friend called Anya. Now, I mean, we may be opening a can of worms here. Yeah, yeah. But um, guaranteed she's going to want the right of reply. Yeah, no, no. So her, na- her name is Anya, and it's spelt A-I-N-E. Yeah, it's Gaelic. It's Gaelic. It is gay. Gaelic. Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so um, they should they, <laughs> they, they, should, they, they should also have to change their name. Yeah. Gaelic. Get rid of that. Stupid centuries-old culture. Yeah. Homophobes. Homophobes. <laughs> and while we're at it, that that uh, fantasy writer too. <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Change your name. You're offending us. <laughs> your name makes me feel uncomfortable about my name. Well, isn't it funny? They're going to change the kookaburra thing, but mm. they're not... Did they, they didn't, but Golden Gay Time have taken the opposite approach. It's like, hey, we no. like the notoriety. Yeah. I mean, that maybe the, the, the estate of whoever wrote the Kookaburra song should be like pumping up the controversy, get some interest back in Make it, it like a gay a anthem. Room. Yeah. Totally. Well, how many That's musicians... That's How many musicians have had their career revived by support from the gay community? Totally. That Kookaburra has done nothing since sitting in the old gum tree yeah, being I married. can see a float next year. It's a bunch of guys... Kookaburra shirtless, remix? ...wearing like just feathers and no pants on underneath, like... Can totally. totally see that. Paul Mack should do a remix of the Kookaburra. Yeah. yeah, and definitely. emphasizingly gay. And you know what? Gay, 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 gay. Your life must gay. Your life gay, gay. Your life, you know, something like that. I think that's a great idea. And they could do a um, uh, down under sample, so that if uh, <laughs> some of the money could go back the other way. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I like the idea of like the Kookaburra actually sounds like someone in the gay community. Yeah. Like, you could have kookaburras. Like, you know, because you got your bears and whatever. Yeah, definitely. A kookaburra could be... What would a kookaburra be? I know, when they laugh a lot. A comedian, a gay comedian is a kookaburra. A kookaburra. Oh, could it be something about the gum tree and gums? Like, if oh, you gums. sit in a gum tree... Toothless? If you're a toothless oh, gay man. Yeah, some, some sort of, yeah. Like some old... The kookaburra. Old gay guy. Yeah, because yeah. he sits in the gum tree. That's right. It gives gum jobs. They eat worms. You yeah, see totally. a kookaburra like, eating a worm? Yeah. And then laughing heaps. So what you got? Because you got your bears. Yeah. You got your otters. You got your uh, what else? In the gay community, there's a few animal. I don't know. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of animals. But uh, yeah, you could have a kookaburra. You could have a kookaburra as the old toothless guy. Old toothless gummy guys (laughs) who laugh. Who laugh? I'm actually for some reason I'm thinking of just this one guy. I know when I go to my local pub, he always sits into the pub. This old gay guy's got no teeth. He always wears badges on his jacket. Mainly just that guy. Very specifically, you have a gay name. You are a kookaburra. But then they're going to... Well, if this gets too big, then they're going to ban the word kookaburra. Uh, I mean, where will it stop? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a kookaburra. Even, even like cricketers walking out with their bats won't go. Maybe I don't show the label. They'll just blur it. Uh, what, why did we get onto that topic? I don't know. Oh, um, fuck. You know what? We're talking about the Helpman Awards. Oh, okay. So this is the question I was going to ask you. I've been invited to the Helpman Awards. Yeah. Um on uh, Monday night, right? And it's a big, like, you know, black tie gala awards night. And the reason that I've been invited to the Helpman Awards is because I've been nominated for a Helpman Award. For your stand-up? For my stand-up show. They have a live like, p- live performance comedy, you know, cool thing. Right. Right? So to answer that question I asked before, yes, anyone can get nominated for a Helpman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That should have been your answer. Well, I mean, no, sorry. Congratulations. That's cool, man. That's a that's, fair point. That's very cool. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. This is my dilemma. Um, like, you know, it, it, I've got a plus one. Oh, yeah. Right. And because I'm in, in between um, romantic situations. Uh, Meaning the socks and the wash. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I don't, uh, at the moment in my life, have a date that I could take to the Helpman Awards. Here is my question to you. Um, it's weird to go to an awards night by yourself, isn't it? Yes. Like, uh, maybe not. I, like, I could go to the movies by myself. No, you know... And I, I'm happy to go to dinner by it, myself. It, it depends. if you. But want. it seems to me that going to some big awards night with a red carpet and for yeah. an award you're nominated for, for, if you go by yourself, that just seems to be a little... You don't have to be in a, you don't have to be in a couple, but yeah. you, you you can't go on your own. Like you no. can go like because I have gone on my own like without Gemma. Yeah. But I've gone with two or three other people who are also going, and we arrive together, and you walk in together. But I'll still sit on the table as an individual. Yeah. So here's my problem with that. What? I don't know anybody in the artistic community. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a night of people who work in musical theatre and proper theatre and stuff. Like I'm the the comedy oh, God, person. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't have. I don't know who to take. I don't know what to do. What do you mean? What who to take? What to do? Well, how do I like? Who do you take that would fit into that? Yeah, like I have a plus one, but I just need someone to take to the the Helpman Awards. Take one of our like 
Does it have to be a girl? No. Well, take me. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. Like, if you were coming to the Helpman Awards with me. Well, people think we're gay. Yes! This is the thing, because... <laughs> It's like essentially We look like a couple of kookaburras. Yes. We would talk, they'd be like, look at those kookaburras. Look at them laughing. Sitting there in the gum tree. You know how their life is. <laughs> totally gay. <laughs> because it's a hard thing to ask another man, would you like to go to A musical theatre awards? A musical theatre yeah. awards night. Yeah. Um, you will have to wear a suit. Like that's a that's like it, yeah. it's easier to ask a bloke, can you come over and help me move my couch? There's well, a slab. Go to the grand final. Totally. I mean, we go to stuff together. Yeah. But inviting you to like a, a yeah. you know, a dress it's, up. It's one, sh- it's, it's, it's one step, it's one cock away yeah. <laughs> from, hey, I've booked dinner at a French restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, who's coming? You're like, no one. Well, I figured we were already getting dressed up for the awards. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, you want to, you want to grab some dinner beforehand? Um, I, I guess I, I, yeah, do, I do you want to, uh, Maybe uh, go out. We'll go out on a water taxi first. We'll just have a look around the harbour. See, we're in there anyway. I'm like, well, my guy, you don't have to butter me up. Um, if you want to have sex, you don't have to butter me up. You're too conditioned by women. Just, just give us the cash. <laughs> we uh, don't need to go to dinner. And we just mind putting this uh, Lindsay Lohan mask on. There we go. Uh, yeah. So anyway, possibly now. Um, my my manager Dionne is going to come up and, well, and go to the awards sense. with me. Because, that makes more sense. Uh, but um, you definitely might... won't get called gay. No, <laughs> no. But you know what? I think you're going to be in good company when yeah. you're there. Like, yeah, is it up with a guy? Well, but is it one of those things where, like, I mean, you know, I could have taken my mum or something, but like, you know, she lives in a different state, so yeah. I mean, look, it is a hard thing, but I reckon, I reckon you could have turned. It depends who the guy was. If you turned up with. Uh, Roland Rockatelli. <laughs> no. no, if you turned up with like... Well, if you think I'm going to go with a guy, I should really go with a guy. Well, like, I, it's like, no, I'd say if you... If or you, just like... If you turned up with a guy like me, yeah. I, I, I think I don't think that would be the immediate assumption. No. I think if you took a guy who looks gay, right. then people would think maybe, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think lots of guys go to awards shows together. Don't like footy players take footy players to the Brownlow and shit? I just don't know if it, like it's one of those things where I, I don't know if it would be interesting to anybody else. And I would it I be interesting it, to you? Well, I guess so. Then I mean, if I would, to if I would win something, but they're not going to win anything. Why? So, what? How did the decision to take Diony come about? Was that because you were freaking out? Yep. Oh, you were kidding. You actually really bothered you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, because I was like, oh, I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. And I didn't want to be rude and not go. Yeah. I don't actually get nominated for awards that often. That I, you know, when someone nominates me for one, I'd like to go. And hope I win. So I can make a speech and say, fuck you all. I hope yeah. proves you wrong. <laughs> yeah, this award ceremony I'd never heard of until... <laughs> I'd never heard of these awards and didn't know I was being judged for them. But to me, they are the most important awards of all. Screw you all for not believing in me. <laughs> People in the audience are like, he's pretty angry at us. Have you won? Never had anything to do you, with have him. Have you won any awards have you won? Like you won a Glasshouse won an AFI, yeah? Yeah, Glasshouse won an AFI. Russell Crowe was hosting, yeah, uh, and I made a joke about Russell Crowe uh, while he stood behind me. Um, I told you, man, do not make jokes about Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> the um, show is called Tofop. He's bound to fucking listen sometime. Well, he was here for this one. It wasn't a bad joke, as I recall. No, no. It was around the time of the Russell Crowe phone-throwing uh, incident, yeah. which he had already mocked with a novelty phone that night yeah. earlier on stage. Yeah. And then uh, it was also around the time of the Shane Warne uh, text message fiasco. Right. So I brilliantly combined those two things together in my speech <laughs> where I said, isn't it, uh, isn't it sad we live in a world where Russell Crowe can't get a phone to work and Shane Warne can? <laughs> so that was my little joke. That's nice. Yeah. And anyway, Corinne Grant uh, went to grab the phone, the Russell's prop phone, to hit me with it, like to do a little bit of business. Oh, yeah. And Russell grabbed the phone and he goes, only I touch the phone. <laughs> was that the last of it did you hear, him, hear from him afterwards I didn't I didn't hear from him but I did uh, uh, later um, a couple of weeks later I was in the bathroom when he came in and uh, we were standing at the urinal oh you didn't next to each other did you look and no I wanted to look but it was like one of those bold urinals where 
like there's, there's kind of a bowl oh, around a the bowl. side oh, right, right, right. so there yeah. was like you know you can't it's like I would have really had to look to look like, I, I fucking hate that is the, uh, the ur- <laughs> you know what I hate when I can't see other guys cocks no, in the urinal I was going to say the opposite is the urinal conversationalist like you know when you, you go to use the urinal and some guy will chat to you and it's always a conversation stating how awkward this situation is and it's yeah. like you drawing attention to it isn't going to make it any easier I have like sometimes stood at a urinal and just faked it just because like I get such stage fright and like I feel the pressure of like if, especially if it's busy people behind me and people around me and then if someone's yammering like I will stand there and I often wonder when I leave did anyone notice us up there for almost two minutes and didn't spill a drop like are people going to go that fucking dude yeah. that guy who, I think he should be on McLeod's daughters I saw him stand in a public restroom and hold his dick for two minutes yeah. before you know, leaving you know what he's really into he loves going to crowded places and holding his dick but not pissing that's his thing <laughs> he, he likes you know what he does he goes to a crowded toilet he likes to hold, he likes to flash his dick but point it away from the people yeah. <laughs> like it's a really weird contradictory kind of fetish and suddenly expose himself but face the other way suddenly there's rumours about you in like gossip columns like uh, guess who don't sue which former blue healer star has a blue habit of his own <laughs> mcg or mcp he likes to show his john mount thomas <laughs> lock up your mcleod's daughters <laughs> there's a new yeah it's um uh, uh the, the the conversationalist is, is pretty bad in the urinal um I also think that if there's three uh, toilets... Yeah. Oh, I had this one yesterday, in fact, um, at, you know, at the ABC. So, there's two urinals yeah. on the wall and there's two cubicles. Either right? side of the room. Yeah. So, uh, I've walked in with a friend. So, we're having a conversation out in the corridor, but we're both going to the bathroom. I walked in uh, and he went over first and he went to the urinal on the wall where was the appropriate place for me to piss uh all right so hang on give me the geography again okay so, so we've got two urinals either side of the room that are on the wall together yep. they're okay, next together. to each other right, two yeah. urinals on the wall next to each other yeah and then on the 90 degrees wall yeah there is two cubicles yep where is the best place and where's he gone he's gone to the urinal on the wall go to the we'll just stand next to him at the other urinal mm. well I don't know if it's the best it's just um, horses for courses some dudes go to the cubicles some dudes I always go cubicle yeah right I always split it yeah. I feel like that's yeah, g- g- given the most amount of yeah. privacy possible you, yeah, you're totally. right you're right I, I have, feel like what he's essentially like, if I'd gone over to the urinal next to him that's like he's the only guy in the cinema and I go and sit next exactly. to him yeah you're like right. I want to give him some space there's other places I can go but there's the other the flip side of that is well I don't want him to think I think there's something wrong with him so I'll go you know hey man we're fucking cool I'll stand right next to you while you pull your dick out like you right. know you're sort of looking after his feelings alright or, or maybe your feelings. Maybe it's like, oh, why do you go in the cubicle? You yeah, must have a tiny cock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I mean, the cubicle is a godsend for like the stage fright factor, but it's just more the, um, it's the inane chit chat. It's the kind of, it's like the elevator sort of scenario. People feel like there's a quiet time, so they need to fill, fill it with something. That's yeah, something. but in one of them, like you're filling it with removing your penis from your pants and letting urine pass through it and then getting it back in your pants without getting urine on your pants. That is enough to do. Actually, Why do we need to add other elements to that? It requires a lot of concentration. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really a precision maneuver. The a last less, thing you want... A little less conversation I'm pretty, a little I'm more pretty, I'm pretty sure when you're in an operating theatre, like, you don't have some guy standing next to the doctor and saying... So, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> Good game. Busy night. <laughs> Crowded, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, the guy at the well, urinal, it's more like if the guy next to the doctor was like, oh, geez, it's hard to get the scalpel in, isn't it? Oh, look at all that blood. Oh, like it's, it's always about specifically what's going yeah. on and really making you focus on what's going on. That's the, that is the problem. I uh, once at the Boxing Day test match saw a guy wait for Ian Healy to finish pissing and so he could get his photo taken with him on his mobile phone. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. You know who that guy was? Who? Me. <laughs> that was your fight club moment. You were staring into the mirror. Did you see Brad Pitt? I was like, we were there together. And I was like, oh my God, Ian Healy, I've got to get my photo taken. With wow. You. 
Have you ever seen someone, um, a guy, you know, where he pulls his pants down below his knees like, oh. a, like a kid? Are we at a, um, a teacher at school? Yes, me too. Mm. Yeah, Mr. S- oh, I probably shouldn't say his name. But yeah, yeah he, it was so weird. Like he would, he would because in the change rooms when we played footy, like, you know, it was a big open sort of bathroom area. And he would like, you know, give us a rev up. And then go to use the urinal and we'd see him. So he'd be like, come on, boys. You know, we're going to take it out there. We can beat these guys. You know, we've been in good form. So I want you to give it your all. All right. And then you'd see him walk off. And then like a fucking 12-year-old put his pants down and hold his pee-pee. It's like, it's so fucking weird. It's inappropriate. I just think it's inappropriate to take him down too far at all. Yeah. Like, I think it's... You don't min- need to see the back half. No. Minimum of fuss for me. Yeah. Like I do you do you use the fly? Have you ever used just the fly, or you always have to unbutton the top? Oh no 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 no! I can do I can do just the fly, but really? I'm not I'm not it's fond not satisfying. of satisfying. It. it feels like I feel I feel like I'm not getting. It, it feels restrictive. When oh I just use definitely. The fly. Oh yeah, but also like just even the fiddling around and tucking and <laughs> yeah. I mean it's like a very complicated origami. Yeah, it's like sometimes it's like get, stuffing it to Durkin when you're putting it back in. Yeah, I, I mean I don't want to give away too much. Like I mean, yeah, gross images for people who are listening to this. <laughs> but I uh, have like stopped wearing underwear. Right. For about the last nine months, just not wearing underwear anymore. Um, and it was actually after I, I filmed my DVD because Ted Robinson, who filmed my DVD, said, um, we can see your uh, boxer shorts through your, your jeans on stage. And so I stopped wearing it for on stage. And then I'm like, this is good. Yeah, right. I'm really into this. Yeah. And when I, if I just use the fly now... Like, there's a lot of really delicate sort of, yeah. like, tucking that needs to go by. Yeah. And it's like trying to put... And a, trying to re- do the zip becomes yeah. very it's, it's like trying to put a sleeping bag back into the sleeping bag cover. Mm. And, like you're, like, you're tucking bits in and you're trying to make... Every, before you do the drawstring back up, you've got to make sure everything is in there. When you were a kid, did you ever catch yourself in the zipper? No. Oh. No, I've never, I've never oh, done that. I've done that. Really? Oh, I, like I remember it like it was yesterday. It would have only been when I was like four or five. There was so <laughs> the much other, You're blood. like, Mum, so um, all the other boys at school are circumcised, but why <laughs> is mine the only one that's crinkle cut? <laughs> it was pretty much like that. Like I caught it just under the head. Like I had teeth. And the thing was like, I remember like I was, you know, I'm a kid distracted or whatever. And I pulled it up and I just remember like, it was like a bear trap around the head of my penis. <laughs> and I looked down and there was fucking blood everywhere. Oh. And, I mean, this is why I wonder if I could ever be a parent because I ran screaming oh. and it would have looked like the reverse scene from The Exorcist rather than like <laughs> masturbating with a crucifix. My fucking dick was bleeding oh. all over my white footy shorts oh. and my dad had to very delicately... Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. Awful. Don't have any scarring though, I don't think. No. And I check every day. <laughs> You rub that vitamin E cream in for 20 minutes just to make sure there is never any scars. My rehab has involved stretching (laughs) at least twice a day. (laughs) When I was 16, I was stretching four times a day. Uh, No, I um, have never got it caught. I once um, wore my pyjamas to school by accident. What was your uniform? (laughs) Under my um, school uniform. How did that happen? I... I don't know. To this day, I'm, I reckon I must have thought I was like a superhero. Like, you know, so that like it was... Cause oh, it was so like if, a- so <laughs> if there's a sleep emergency where you suddenly had to fall asleep, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we need one of these children to dream so that we can get into their dream to like plan got, an idea. I got this one. <laughs> Give me some milk and a cookie. Stat. <laughs> Tell me a story. <laughs> we don't have time, woman. Damn it. <laughs> Skip to the end. Skip to the end. They lived happily ever after. <laughs> Captain Snooze. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, uh, must have just got up one Captain day. <laughs> must have got up one day and um, just gone, I don't need to take my pajamas off before I put my clothes on. It's cold in the country and you like, like, you know, I remember, I mean, I didn't grow up in the country, but Melbourne got pretty cold and I remember that I would, that transference between pajamas to clothes when I was a kid was always like how can I minimise the amount of exposed skin so I could understand that maybe you kind of were just in a rush yeah I think maybe that's what it was I was so young that all I remember is getting to the urinal which is why I was reminded of this story I got to the urinal and I was trying to unpack you know to like you know do my business and I'm like there's a few more layers here than there used to be (laughs) 
like there's like a pass the parcel. So did How no many one, layers of clothes? Did no one notice? I didn't notice until I went to the urinal and noticed they had my like shorty pajamas on under. Oh, my... Oh right, that was summer pajamas. Yeah, that was summer right. pajamas. <laughs> shorty pajamas. <laughs> shorty pajamas. It was That's little so play, funny. and I dug out in my shorty pajamas. Wow. Have you ever had to um, go to the toilet at a primary school since you've been an adult <laughs> and you feel like a giant? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I actually have. I think I'm just thinking of Uncle Buck. <laughs> I was thinking, do you yeah, have, I have, I remember, I went to my niece's, uh, my niece's parent teacher when she, the teacher had a mole on her face and then uh, when she to the bathroom and it was like, you got the knee and it's like, no, that never happened to me, that was Uncle Do Buck. you remember, it was that same time when we met Macaulay Corker and we made that giant pancake <laughs> with a snowplow. <laughs> he wouldn't shut up because he was a kid and that was his job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, but I imagine that's what you're leading into? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever uh, been to the toilet at a primary school or have you ever watched a movie in which (laughs) the key ingredients of this story? Um, Yeah, I mean, quite often when I'm hanging around with children's playgrounds, I'm like, jeez, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I was going to say, when have you had cause to go back to a primary school? Um, Occasionally just for some sort of like, you know, official thing or whatever. And um, uh, yeah, and it's like, it is a weird weird experience because you do actually feel like a giant yeah like everything is so small well so how does that right okay so they must make different size urinals and different size toilets are the toilets smaller or are they just shorter are they not like little mini toilets are they um oh actually I can't remember (laughs) so you didn't go to the cubicle in this instance (laughs) there's too many big kids out there you're like oh not like the looks of these kids. And because the doors are too short. So your head's like above the door. So you just look like some weirdo. I, you know what? I was, I was at, um, I go running at this park around here and there's a public toilet. And do you, are you a public toilet user or are you one of those guys who uh, wait till I get home? No, for what? For gay like, sex? No, for just like using a toilet. Oh, yeah, no, fine with that. <laughs> Speaking of gay sex, no, uh, you know how you see the gay sex stuff written on the walls? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, hey, you know, I'm so horny, meet yeah. me for a good time, 9pm Wednesday. Like, when I grew up... I it- quite often like when there is, next to those things, there's like a chart, and people in different colours have kind of tried to put together... Have you ever seen that? No, no. So, it'll what? be like, um, so, hey... Hang on, so just before you get to that yeah. part. So, it's real, it's legit. Because when I was growing up... I wouldn't have thought so. Like, there's, there used to be, like, the park I grew up... We used to go in and, and, uh, and write some of that shit ourselves. Yeah. It'd be like, hey, you know, I want a big dick, da-da-da-da, because we thought it was funny. Yeah. But uh, how, if you are a gay guy looking to pick up, you know, at a beat, how, yeah. how are you meant to differentiate between what's, like, a bunch of kids mucking around and what's, like, a genuine offer? Do you have to turn up every fucking... Every time and then, like, process elimination? Or? Oh, you probably have some of the handwriting verified, like Twitter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's a real account. Um, I, I I don't really know. I, I would have thought all of it was made up. And I, I can't imagine that I would ever go to a park to meet someone after their thing was written on the wall. I, I'd think I'd get bashed or like... It's entrapment. Yeah. Kill, or whatever. But I can't think of anything good that would come of that. I've never seen a Meg Ryan um, romantic comedy that's based on the premise of someone meeting something by something that's written in a toilet bowl. And I, and I Doesn't sound very romantic. My brother has or said, trustworthy. My brother has told me before, like, it's so easy to have sex when you're a gay guy. You don't like, need to hook it up. Yeah, why? There's no writing involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, you jump online yeah. and find another gay guy. You like just stand in the, the mall and say, I'm gay, anyone who want to have sex? And some other but, gay guy But there would be, but there's obviously dudes who do dig that, who do, who do go to these places but they're not the ones who are advertising uh, you know what the thing is that sometimes on the wall where they like they write them and like so sometimes there'll be a little schedule and people have gone oh you know I'm, I can be oh, here at 6pm or I can be here at whatever and so you don't think maybe that's legit well legit? here's what I think might happen I think sometimes the initial thing might just be someone yeah like it, it could be you little Charlie Clawson it's gone and he's like this will be hilarious this will be hilarious. I'll write some graffiti on the toilet wall and I'll probably get some poor lonely person's hopes up. This will be hilarious. And then I'll dash Cut those to hopes. Will Anderson walking <laughs> into the toilet. Meet me here at six o'clock. Oh, no. um, so yeah, it could be like yeah, the, the initial so post. Yeah. The initial post. Yeah. Like listen to a guy who fucking is already forgetting about yeah. the world pre internet. So someone posts. Yeah, someone posts. Yeah. A couple of people like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, say two people go come along and they're like, "Oh, that sounds like an intriguing offer. I might come back here at, at six p.m." So, say two of them come back 
and they like linger suspiciously in the oh, same spot. They meet each other. They meet each other. Oh, that's a nice they, story. They have some dirty gay sex in <laughs> the toilet block. You know how they... And that all happened because you're like a little Cupid. <laughs> you're like a little graffiti Cupid. That would be a perfect story. You know how they do like um, alternative education, like uh, books for kids who are growing up with gay couples or whatever. Oh, yeah. They released one, which was like how your parents met at a gay beat, yeah. <laughs> both turning up. And it's like, you know, the little kid is the is the hero of the piece because he actually arranged yeah. that these two guys meet and live happily ever la- after. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. S- the Sunny Toilet Block Sex Story. Yeah. <laughs> With illustrations by Quentin Tarver. No, Quentin Tarver. Who's the guy to involved, darling? Quentin Tarver. Who's this Quentin Tarver? Did he sing the sing- sunscreen song? No, he sang the, he sang the um, Gangster's Paradise. No, no, he sang. Um, he did sing another Romeo and Juliet song. It's um, brothers and sisters <laughs> together. Whatever the song that is. Yeah. Um, but who is who did the illustrations for Roald Dahl? Um, Quint, Quentin Lynch. <laughs> Quint, Quint, Ford for uh, the West Coast Eagles. Quentin Bryce, the Governor General. Uh, you know oh, what? Quentin, the tiny little guy with brittle bones <laughs> from Adelaide. Do you know who I'm talking about? The guy did the illustrations for the Royal Dahl books. books. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Blake. Yeah, it's Quentin Blake. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Sure. Yeah. He should do the illustrations for uh, the Happy Toilet Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Non-stop blocks of cock. <laughs> we, haven't got this, we haven't got the end of the show sort of worked out. No, yet, like we haven't. We, we need like a smooth sort of... We need someone off mic doing this. And so we yeah. can go, ha toilet block sex. Oh, well, right, I'm well, about exhausted as a guy who's gotten blown by someone in a toilet block. So, uh, we're going to call it uh, an end to Tofop this episode. Yep. Yes. And then... Um, oh, then I'd say, yeah, of course, you can uh, yeah, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Is Come there a other stuff? Or Facebook. And if you like yeah. it, tell your friends. Tell your friends. And if you don't like it... Uh, I'm Adam Hills. No. <laughs> Is that our, that, well, you said that a couple of times. That could be our, our, yeah. our outro line. Um, I don't know. No, we need like a... Um, we oh, need waka, something. waka, waka, waka. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So anyway. Yeah. Well, f- for now, um, uh, we'll be... If you, well, why don't you hit us on the uh, the, the website? Yes, thing, that's a great idea. And tell us what we should sign off by saying. And and nothing silly too. It's not like, ah, oh, we're both gay and we're going to have sex now. Good night. Uh, or something well, like that. I mean, if it's funny, that's okay. Is that funny? Uh, I don't know. Not particularly. Um, but after we've been to that French restaurant and then to those <laughs> musical theatre awards, you never know what will happen. Thank you for listening. Yes, and we'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs>